It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Heyo, welcome into the CHGO White Sox podcast. Coming to you live from Studio A of our CHGO offices here in the West Loop of Chicago. I'm your host, Sean Anderson. We got the full CHGO White Sox crew back. That's Vinny Duber. You can follow him at Vinny Duber. He's our CHGO White Sox beat reporter and the man in the middle. Oh, and you could read Vinny's latest article, which was posted today on allchgo.com. Do you think if something like that happened during the Bulls dynasty days where the announcer says the man in the middle and then has to double back, you think Luke Longley has to backpedal into the tunnel? <laughs> and now, the man in the middle, out of number 30, or uh, out of, where did Will Purdue go? Number 32, uh, Will Purdue. He didn't go to Purdue. Oh, yeah, just Vander- a second. I got to tie my shoe. He went to Vanderbilt. Um, okay. All right. Uh, and the man in the middle, Herb Lawrence. Hello. You can follow him at EcknerWall23. We are glad you were recovered from your procedure. I mean, it wasn't nothing. I, I encourage everybody to, who is of age, and the insurance will cover it, go get a colonoscopy. No offense, but you missed work. I did. So, I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't nothing. It was a I sick mean, day. You know, I mean. Sick day. Oh, okay. No, I don't think you should tell your bosses that. <laughs> I mean, okay. <laughs> All right. So, Herb faked sick and also didn't actually I was, get a colonoscopy. I was so. literally out for like 40 minutes. Great sleep, though. Hey, uh, we're, gl- sleep. We're, glad you, we're glad you survived. Yes. Um, let's jump into what we're talking about today. Uh, we got two Bob Nightingale reports that mentioned the White Sox uh, about where Tim Anderson will be in 2024 and the potential state of the budget. I know your favorite topic, Vinny, uh, so it should be a good uh, chat. And then we got some Mailbag Monday stuff to get into. We got two questions from our guy, uh, from our guy Shulo and our guy uh, AJ. Um, but before we get into that, um, my mother gave me a great gift. It was uh, MLB trivia. She got it for five bucks at the TJ Maxx. Nice. Uh, She's a Maxinista? No, she is. <laughs> yeah, to, to the fullest. Um, for $5, yep. got 250 questions about the MLB. That's great. What I, bang? What bang for your buck? Five, six, seven. I have found seven questions about the White Sox okay. at the 250. I don't know what that percentage is. It's probably not good. It's low. And this is going to be a pretty easy icebreaker. But uh, Herb. Yes. Who set the White Sox single season home run record when he hit 49 in 1998? Albert Bell. See, what I was telling you earlier, there's just too many hints. 49 homers, the year, sure, sure. the yeah. white. Yeah. Um, um, but for most offensive categories, it's usually Frank Thomas. But, you know. Not that one. Not, Not that, that one. one. Uh, another league leader. Uh, in 1990, Bobby Thickpen claimed the Major League League single season saves record with 57 for what team? I'll go ahead and guess the Chicago White Sox. Wow, you're so smart, Vinny. Uh, <laughs> this was context clues, folks. <laughs> this one's barely even White Sox stuff. Make sure you're hitting the thumbs up button. Uh, before signing with the Mets, Herb, Tom Seaver served in what branch of the U.S. military? 
I would say the he's tall. Aren't uh, the Air Force? Nope. Happy uh, Veterans Day, by the way. Uh, Marines. Oh, wow. Tom Seaver was a Marine. Uh, we got terrific. We got. Uh, I'll save that one to uh, Vinny. Yeah. What uniform number did the great uh, or, or did the White Sox retire to honor pitching great Mark Burley? Fifty-six. Oh wow! So you guys are doing really well. <laughs> well, Herb my, got that one wrong. Yeah, except for my Tom Seaver. <laughs> In the military. You might want to save this one for the FOCO read. Uh, in 2015, Andrew Benatendi became the first SEC player of the year from what school? Arkansas. Arkansas. Who pig suey? Save that for later because right. you could buy the bobblehead using code F- uh, CHGO. It could F- be a callback. CO.com. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, all right, and then the final ones. How many major league teams did Hall of Famer Rich Gossage pitch for? Oh, boy. The goose. I would say Nine. Ooh. Herb gets it. Boom. First guess? First wow. guess. I know uh, he started it with the White Sox. Name them. You got one. Oh. Yankees. Yankees. Yeah. Um, Brewers? No. Cubs, 100%. Cubs? Where else did Rich Gossage pitch? I don't know. I'm pretty much tapped. I, it was before my time. You guys are only getting three? You guessed the White Sox and the Cubs because he gave you the Cubs and that's it now? Yep, that's it. Uh, you you got to guess Yankees. some more. Uh, let's uh, go with the Giants. Yep. Hey. Wow. Let's go with the... I'll go with the Padres. I'll go with that yep. one. Yep. He, he had a long wow. career with the Padres. Let's go with the Braves. No. No. Orioles? No. Mm. You get another one wrong. We're, we're done with guessing the Goose Gossage game. Then I would go with the... Pirate. Pirates. Had an all-star year in 1977 and then was traded. Uh, mm. Fifth in the... Oh, no. Not fifth in the Cy Young. Was then fifth in the Cy Young with the Yankees. All right. So you're still alive. You got two more. Or three more. Phillies. No. Oh, that's it. That was an unceremonious ending. Yeah. Oh, okay. I guess yeah, it was three yeah. strikes. And I was, you guys kind of saved yourself with that one. Yeah. yeah. I thought it reset your, right. your strikes once Herb got the Pirates. But uh, no, uh, you guys didn't visit the AL West at all. Texas, Oakland, and Seattle. Wow. Yeah. Finally, who has pitched for more teams than any other player in Major League history? Tomaso Marte. No. Edwin Jackson. Edwin Jackson. Yeah. Mm. Who played for? The White Sox. The White Sox. The Cubs. The Cubs. The Cardinals. The Cardinals. The, the Nationals. The Blue Jays. The Nationals. The Tigers. The Blue Jays. I think. The, the Dodgers. The Diamondbacks. The Orioles. Dodgers. All right. This is becoming A's. dizzying. Yeah. The, the, yep. The A's. Padres. The Padres. It's very easy. Only, I, I think I, more, we, right? The only <laughs> teams you didn't, he didn't pitch for. Yeah. The only teams you didn't get. Rays? Uh, yeah, Rays? Yeah. We said that. We said Dodgers. Right. Um... Well, Dodgers, Rays, I heard White Sox, Diamondbacks, I heard Cardinals, Nationals, I heard Cubs, I heard Blue Jays, I heard Padres, um, I heard Baltimore, and I heard Oakland. So how many teams are left? I have no idea. I okay. think it's. I think you're just missing Detroit. I, I said Tigers. Oh, okay. Did there I? you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, Washington. I think Washington. I said the Nats, Nats. too. The Nats. Okay, then I'm sorry. Come on, Sean. <laughs> the only team I think you didn't get was Miami. Oh, yeah. yeah. Didn't get them. No one got there. There you go. Oh, my God. Brian Shaw Fan Club is joining us. And see, I was reading all the stuff about Edwin Jackson, so you can know that I do not run that account. I don't run <laughs> Brian Shaw Fan Club. So there's two of us. There's dozens. Uh, all right. Make sure you hit that thumbs up button. We appreciate you joining us for uh, White Sox trivia. Uh, let's jump into the first Bob Nightingale uh, report because I think it's... Nugget. I'd like to... N- I'd call it a nugget. Uh, a note in the notebook. Yes. Uh, may, maybe that's more uh, a preference because this is budget related because I think the TA one's a little bit more expansive. Um, but here we go. Um, 
Chris Getz obviously said the I don't like my team quote to you guys at the gen- general manager meeting. Uh, and Bob Nightingale followed up by saying, preach. The rest of the White Sox fan base will readily concur. This is why the White Sox cut ties with shortstop Tim Anderson, who we'll talk about in a second, and are making everyone available in trades except center fielder Luis Robert, including ace Dylan Cease, as they lower their payroll. Um, what do you make of this note in Bob Nightingale's notebook? Well, certainly not, you know, a screaming headline, White Sox 2 slash payroll kind of thing. It's probably a little little less exciting than that for uh, folks who are trying to figure out what that number is going to be by the time we reach opening day. Uh, you know, obviously they already have lowered their payroll significantly. We talked about the money that they, uh, quote unquote, are saving by declining the options on Tim Anderson and Liam Hendricks and uh, the Mike Clevenger option going the way that it did. Um, Listen, I think the assumption for a lot of people, particularly in the fan base, is that the payroll is going to go down as there's a lot of just talk about the way there was a decrease in attendance, significant decrease in attendance, the way that Jerry defended the amount of money that they spended a year ago on the team. I think that when you put those things together, now you've got uh, Bob Nightingale saying this, the conversation, the discussion, the assumption, if you will, is going to be they probably aren't going to spend as much as last year. That being said, when we have asked the people who are going to be making these decisions, they have not gone that far. Now, of course, there's the PR reasons that come along with that, but what we heard just from Chris Getz last week is they're not operating with a specific number in mind, and more importantly to that point and that question, Sean, is that he's basically saying we're going to take this on a case-by-case basis. If we're going to see an opportunity that's going to raise our payroll, but we think it's the best thing for the team, we're going to pursue it. If we don't get those opportunities, then maybe the payroll goes down as, as lower-cost players uh, end up taking taking the open roster spots. But I think there's so much that is left to do this offseason that it makes sense that you can't really say the payroll is going to be X dollars higher or X dollars lower than it was a year ago because – We don't know how it's going to play out. We don't know if our targets are going to say yes. We don't know if new targets are going to pop up. So um, I think that that makes sense. And, you know, when you hear it, oh, their payroll is going to be lower than it was a year after they disappointingly lost 101 games. But at the same time, I don't think you can say with certainty it's going to be X dollars less because we don't know exactly how this offseason is going to play out yet. In my heart of hearts, I hope the payroll is less and fewer dollars than it was in 2023 because that would to me signal them saying we are rebuilding and saying it loudly because of all the spots they have to fill like I don't know what the the bottom number would be right now was like 110 with all the people who are coming back from now and to spend 70 million on the rest of the people you have to fill out seems like it won't happen and so bottoming out and getting these players uh, in trade rumors like Dylan Cease and maybe Aloy Jimenez, et cetera, et cetera, is the way that you do bottom out and then bring in young, inexpensive players. So, yeah, I don't see them going out and being at the top of the market for these free agents who are out there. And if they're not there, I don't see them spending a total of $70 million or about about that much on players who are not going to be at the top of the market. So I think – just naturally, just by how they're operating this offseason, the 
payroll is going to shrink and I don't know if it's going to be a natural thing for them to just shrink it. It's just going to happen because all the players they lost from this last season and all the players they're going to add for next season, it's not going to total up to more than $180 million. Yeah, I think the biggest question on how low can it go if we are playing a limbo, limbo um, is if they trade Moncada's $24 million or mm. Jimenez's $13 million. Um, obviously, it's a stretch, but those are the guys that make money, that actually contribute. I mean, Moncada right now is like, what, five, 25% of the budget, 20% of the budget by himself. Um, ben Attendi, obviously, I didn't mention him because I think that's even more of a stretch. I mean, maybe you could sell Moncada as a versatile switch hitting on base machine who is in a contract year. Maybe you can get a team to bite on that. I don't know. Still have to he, pay a good portion of he that. He plays first base. <laughs> and outfield. Yeah. He, he, <laughs> Possibly. You have, to play the, you have to pay a portion of that, not all of it, which I think, you know, maybe this is what the team is looking at. Um, I, I don't know. I, it's it, it's something that obviously I'm more focused on because I'm just trying to – This everyone loves playing MLB The Show. Everyone loves putting the franchise together that wins the World Series. All I'm trying to do is figure out what budget are we in? What, what shopping price are we in, right? Are we looking at, uh, you know, the Dom Perignon of uh, free agents? Are we looking at the LaMarca? Where are we at the in the Champagne regions, right? Um, I think we're at Cold Duck, the Andre Cold Duck. Sure, whatever that is. I don't even, that sounds real cheap. It is, it's, uh, you can buy it at uh, 7-Eleven. Let's go. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know. I just realized I don't know any brands of Champagne. Corbell is that one maybe? Yeah, that's one. Yeah. yeah. There you go. That's the one that's always Roots. in the tower at the Jewel on uh, on December 30th, right? Yeah. yeah. But that and your little, you know, sparkling grape juice. There you go. you got to have options. Uh, but yeah, I, I think... Okay, cool. Um, yeah, I think that it's just... it's It doesn't seem like this is going to be, let's go set anything on the market or anything like that. It's just about filling out the pieces for 2024. Um, but again, like you're very adamant about the world we're rebuild. Why can't it be a revamping? Like if the, if the idea is to compete in 2025, why do you want the, the rebuild stamp on this? Cause then that gives a direction. It gives a direction for the rest of the players on the team, for the organization to move with that type of purpose instead of being halfway in halfway out. It's like, oh, we're going to try to compete in 2024, but, you know, if we don't, 2025 is there too. I want them to ask or get off the pot, like choose a direction, then the rest of the people will follow you. Even if they don't agree with it necessarily, the rest of the people in the organization, if Chris Gatt said, hey guys, we are doing a rebuild and this is how we're going to do it. We might not do it as long as the previous people who were here. We think we can do a down year in 2024 and then build for 2025 A. I wouldn't necessarily think that most White Sox would be like, yay, but they would be like, I understand. You have a direction. I like the direction you might be going into, even though I might not like the team that I'm going to be seeing in 2024. It just seems a little bit more definitive and seems a little bit more like you have a plan instead of trying to catch lightning in a bottle and maybe in 2024 you compete, but then 2025 is my real year. So it's, it's just for me, I don't necessarily maybe need it verbalized. But if they do the moves that we're seeing, the rumors are that it might be shopping of Dylan Cease. To me, if you shop Dylan Cease, that tells me that you do not want to compete in 2024. Because what you're getting back from Dylan Cease is not a 2024 top of the rotation pitcher, which Dylan Cease might be. The person you're getting back is probably not that. I think you might get that in the, at the end of the day, Herb. You Eventually. Might, no, 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 I'm, no, no, no. I mean, you might get what you're talking about in a 
one-year rebuild or whatever you want to call it, a two-year rebuild. A revamping. I mean... Why, why aren't we using this word? Everyone thinks it has to be a retool or a rebuild. Where is revamp? That's a very fun word. It's a useful word. I think rebuild is defined as purposefully sacrificing one-plus years of success with the, uh, with the idea being that you will have many years of success on the other end of that tunnel. Mm-hmm. And while... Who knows how realistic that a sort of outcome would be. I think you could wind up with something like that, basically, with the White Sox. Now, I don't think they're going to come... Well, they obviously aren't going to come out and say that that's what they're doing. The only asterisk that would go by that is if they go into opening day next year with Yoan Moncada, with Aloy Jimenez, with Andrew Vaughn, and, and obviously with Robert and Benintendi, but those guys who didn't do so well all of a sudden do good, then all of a sudden you've got a lineup, right? And I mean... Obviously, I'm not saying that there's a that anybody should expect that to happen after what you've seen after over the last few years. But those guys are still talented. Those guys, if they're playing for the White Sox on an everyday basis, there's not much saying that they it is impossible for them to have that sort of outcome. Then all of a sudden, your plans can change underneath you, in which you're not just like, don't worry, all those guys are going to be off the team by the time we get to opening day 2025. All of a sudden, it's oh hey. Now we got something maybe cooking here. And so that might change that direction a little bit. And I think maybe that's why you're not hearing that verbalized is there is still that little chance, even if the intention is to say, just wait till 2025, there is still that little chance that, hey, maybe things come together in 24. The verb definition of revamp, give new and improved form, structure, or appearance to. No longer change the game. Chris Getz is trying to lay the culture the groundwork, the organization for these people, I think it's an applicable term. I don't know. Um, you're bringing up the cease thing. If they're able to get two starting pitchers for him, I don't care. I'm at, I'm at this point where I love Dylan Cease. I think Dylan Cease is going to be an incredible pitcher in Major League Baseball. Mm-hmm. He's going to win a Cy Young at some point in his career, whether it be NL or AL. Mm-hmm. Uh, if Blake Snell can do it, Dylan Cease can do it. But you look at the Seattle Mariners and what they went through. <laughs> That's a weird thing. I got it. <laughs> Why? Like Snell just walked for like 5.5 guys per nine. Yeah, but he gets people out after he walks them. He doesn't give any runs up after it subsequently. Okay. What was Dylan Cease's ERA last year? Wasn't last it under? Year. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Could he not do that again? He's like 25. I would keep that person if I was a, a general manager. Yes, I would too. But if the White Sox don't decide to do that, you look at what the Mariners did this year. Bryce Miller was 25 and actually younger. He didn't turn 25 until 20. He was uh, August 23rd. Uh, Brian Wu was 23 this year. Uh, and George Kirby uh, was 25 this year. And all of them gave fantastic outings and, and innings for the Mariners. And that was a team that was just on the doorstep of a playoff uh, berth. If the White Sox can get two starting pitchers, which is the current number that they have right now, two, um, for Dylan Cease, especially two players that have six to five years of control. Absolutely. That's why at the deadline, I only wanted Grayson Rodriguez for him. What There's a word that Chris Getz kept using when describing this, oh, the idea that we might trade kind of an established player if it helps us move along for the future. He kept using the word multiply. Mm. Multiply. If there's an opportunity to multiply, I'm sure he was talking about talent and all that kind of thing, but you basically just brought it up. If you can turn one pitcher into two. You can turn two pitchers into four. All of a sudden, you have a rotation, right? And maybe using that that thought process of multiplying what you've got maybe shows what he's thinking in terms of the value of trading one of those guys or not. And Luis Robert Jr. just had a top 25 season. I think that he can, to use the word, multiply what he just did 
Um, I think that obviously we just saw him scratch the surface. Yes. So I'm not against holding on Luis Robert Jr. Obviously, he'd be at the peak of his value right now because he's so cheap. But can you actually multiply that guy in a, a a way that makes sense? I don't think so. But Cease, especially with only two years left, I mean, there there would be a benefit to, I think, trading him, especially if you think that you can con- compete in 2025. And I think with Robert, that if you have that player, that obviously leaves that door open any single year. Um, let's get into the TA stuff, though. Um, obviously, the White Sox taking that direction and Bob bringing it up that it might affect the budget. Um, but Bob also brings up that the Angels might be interested in Tim Anderson, and they also might be interested in him playing uh, second base. What do we make of the fit for TA in Anaheim? And uh, is there any other spots out there that you think make sense for TA7? I think it makes very much sense for T.A. to go to Anaheim. They just hired Ron Washington as their manager coming up for this next year. And if you can only think about it, Ron Washington, firstly, the Moneyball movie where Brad Pitt says to uh, Scott Hattieberg or uh, say, hey, watch it. Brad Brad Pitt said it's a Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt. (laughs) He's like, uh, how hard is it, Wash? It's very hard. That's Ron Washington, who was actually an infield coach, third base coach, too, for the Oakland Athletics. And bef- and after that, subsequently has worked with Ozzy Albies and the rest of the uh, Atlanta Braves uh, infield staff. He, I think, would improve Tim's footwork and all the little things that get Tim to be not the butcher that he was last year at shortstop, especially versus these guardians. And so I think it would be a perfect fit for him to have. And, we, and you know, speaking as an African-American man, I know that Tim gets motivated by seeing others in his clubhouse with him. Remember the year where you had Billy Hamilton, he had Goodwin with him. And I know people are going to like, what does that mean so much? Representation matters, man. I don't know. Tim just feels better when he's in the clubhouse, surrounded by people he can talk to, surrounded by people with the same type of uh, upbringing as him. So Ron Washington has had some of his troubles and uh, struggles off the field with uh, substance abuse and other things. I think uh, it'll be a good mentor for Tim Anderson to say, hey, man, I've had my troubles, but I'm on the other side of that. You've had your troubles off the field. We ain't going to talk about that. The field is us. That's where we dominate, and that's where you get your money. And I think that'll be a really good mentor-mentee relationship with uh, Tim Anderson. So I'm all for it. If he wants to take that and go out there and be in Anaheim, another thing, L.A., the spotlight, the limelight, we know Tim shines in it. I think that he will do well out there for his one-year type of an audition for his free agency year. If he wants to sign a two-year deal, go with it. But Washes, I think, is the perfect guy for him to be underneath and uh, rebuild his, uh, his stock, as it were. I mean, I just I don't know about Anaheim being the limelight. It's the OC. Yeah. It's, it's don't, LA, don't, don't call it that. Uh, that show hasn't aired for a while. <laughs> it's like, don't call it San Francisco Frisco. But uh, listen, there's there's teams that need shortstops, and the Angels are certainly one of them. Uh, there's a few out there. Maybe and, and listen, this was a quick rundown of fan graphs. I don't know if all this is actually correct with, uh, you know, who's got prospects coming up and all that sort of thing. But Angels, Cardinals, D-backs, Dodgers, Giants, Guardians, and who needs a shortstop? Of course, the White Sox. But, uh, you know... He, I think, is going to be a shortstop. Maybe one of those teams is where he lands and is able to do that. The Angels are a team that aren't necessarily needing him to be... Like, if you go to the Dodgers or the Giants, they need you to be good to win because they want to win the World Series, right? Correct. team like the Angels... I don't know, you know, uh, and, and so maybe the pressure's off a little bit there uh, just in terms of the signing, right? Oh, and yeah. So maybe that makes it a more logical fit. Uh, there are a lot more teams that need second baseman. 
And so if if T.A. gets to the point where he's not getting the kind of interest he wants as an everyday shortstop, maybe he says, all right, I'll play second base, and all of a sudden his market opens up dramatically. That being said, I think he's going to be a shortstop. I, I think there are enough teams out there, there are enough um, – players that play shortstop every day that ta is better than uh, at the end of the day if you want an upgrade if you want uh, if you're looking to not just plug a hole but maybe upgrade from a guy you got ta could give you an opportunity to do that and so i think he's going to be a shortstop for some team next year that being said if you get down the road you know into this offseason and all of a sudden it's january and you got no takers on you being a shortstop or no, no sort of offers that you want Go ahead, say, I'll play second base, and all of a sudden that phone's going to start ringing big because that is not a position that sees a lot, a lot of offensive, uh, you know, greatness there. Do you think he'll hold out until then? Do you think he's going into this market and saying, I'm a shortstop? I mean, shortstops get more money. That's just true. And so here's the thing, though, with him, given the year that he's coming off of, or you could even say the two years that he's coming off of, you can say, go ahead, bet on yourself, take the one-year deal to play shortstop for somebody, and maybe you're a highlight of of a free agent class a year from now. You know, I think he's a highlight of the middle infield free agent class right now, considering how, you know, not impressive that group of players is. Exactly. Um, but that being said, he's got to go prove that last year was a fluke and, and, and not something that he's become. So I, I think that he's going to be a shortstop in 2024 an everyday shortstop in 2024 uh the angels provide an opportunity for him to do that but there are others um and we'll see like i said if he doesn't if he doesn't get what he wants uh he has the ability to hook on with the team quite easily by saying he'll play second base do we i mean any interest do we find it interesting that the first report is about him being a second baseman because obviously the angels right now selected zach netto i think with their 13th pick in the 2020 first round draft and he's their shortstop um so it seems like they would progress with that glove first shortstop who is younger at at that position so that's why tim would be at second base um but i mean you guys talked about him holding out i mean like how viable do you think he can actually be at shortstop because we've talked about the injuries and i think if the white Sox thought that he'd be any good at shortstop, that he'd be able to have some trade value, and obviously that didn't come to fruition. And as Vinny said, uh, I think that he wants to be a shortstop because he's always played it, and then secondly, because it makes more money. He remember at the beginning of last season or the offseason when he sees all the rest of the shortstops, the top four, signed for big-time money, and he's got the eyes. It's like, oh, what? This is what they signed for? And now, I don't think Tim is at that level. He's not at the Correa-Swanson uh, level, but he probably thinks of himself as on that level, even though the last two years have been very disappointing for him. But yeah, he would want to stay there, and he wouldn't. I don't think he would jump the market right now and say, "Hey, I'm just going to be a second base for the Angels. That's cool with me. I, whatever job I get, I'm good." I think, like Vinny said, like he's going to go out to get a shortstop job, and seeing that free agent shortstop uh, market, he's like, "Ugh, Ahmed Rosario is the best you could do on this offseason." I'm better than Ahmed Rosario. Sean believes I'm better than Ahmed Rosario. Let me get a deal better than Ahmed Rosario. And so I think until, uh, like, you know, when it gets late, when people are starting to think about going to camp, he's like, man, I don't have an Arizona or fall place to go yet. And maybe then he's like, all right, well, I'm downshift, and maybe I'll take your job, Angels, if you haven't filled it out yet. But it's got to tread lightly because the White Sox just pretty much like, hey, I'm good, man. Get out of here because you had a terrible year and maybe other teams are thinking that he's that guy that showed up in 2023 instead of the guy that showed more for majority of his major league career that he's an above average 
offensive shortstop with the little kinks and badness at the uh, shortstop when he doesn't um, play versus the Guardians. So that's especially he's bad. Well, and I'm maybe that could be part of the thing too. I mean, you bring up Ron Washington. Maybe there's a belief in Washington that TA can turn things around, be that batting champion that he's been before, and Wash has a great uh, you know rep to to improve uh, middle infield uh, defense. So uh, if there is maybe that. You know, let's take this diamond in the rough and turn him into something great. Uh, maybe Ron sees that vision. And I agree with you. They would probably keep their young shortstop at the position that he's at right now instead of putting Tim in there and then having, if Tim leaves after a year, putting the nettle back at shortstop. So, yes, I think his market in Anaheim would be probably only for that second base position. And hopefully he gets it because I think Wash is a good teacher of men and get him right back to where he needs to be. But yeah. also, too, I just think like, Sean, the way you even framed the question maybe isn't entirely correct. I mean, you said, is it viable that he's a he's a shortstop? I still want to know, is it viable that he's a second baseman? I mean, he played it for a few games in the World Baseball Classic, played it one like for like four innings or whatever in the for the White Sox this year. It, do I mean he hit the free he's in the free agent market right now. He's a major league shortstop. Like any anybody that signs him to be a second baseman is going to have to change his position, basically. You know, I mean, he, I'm not saying it's maybe as difficult as, as I was talking about last winter when it was like, oh, can Elvis Andrews do this? Can he do this? He's never played here before. And then he was fine at yes. second base. But Tim Anderson is a shortstop who is not of the elite defensive caliber that Elvis Andrews was, or whether is elite or not, he's not the defensive caliber shortstop that Elvis Andrews was and is. Can he make that move to second base and be successful at it? Or are people just saying that because it's, a, a you know a discussion topic it's a possible option hey maybe this could happen hey we saw it happen on the all-star team that he played for in the world baseball classic so maybe we should try it out over 160 games I don't know if that's something teams should be thinking about he might just be a shortstop that is now maybe not at the top tier of shortstops but he's a shortstop certainly that is better than some of the ones who are getting everyday jobs in the major leagues right now. I would have to imagine. Yeah. And I don't understand Jamie's comment saying the baseball classic exposed TA as a shortstop. That's why they moved him to second base, better shortstop uh, made a move. Uh, yeah. I mean, he, he just Turner. wasn't also, as good as Trey Turner. Well, Trey but, yeah. Turner is also the best shortstop <laughs> in baseball. And that's why he got paid 300 million. Um, I think it speaks volumes to Tim Anderson that he was trusted with second base with not having any experience and showed how people view his bat right uh, or at least before this season um I, th I think it's more credit to tim that he was able to move to second base but again um, without any issue sure but he was doing it in what amounted to a handful of exhibition games true i mean you're talking about having a guy be here for six plus months if you are a team that is shooting for a playoff spot uh you know if he went and played for the phillies he would be a second baseman because he's not as good as Trey Turner. But there are a lot of teams out there that don't have that problem. It should Tim Anderson join their roster. And White Sox advisor Tony Larusa saw no issue with Andrew Vaughn as an outfielder in spring training in those ex exhibition games. So we know how um, confusing, or maybe uh, you know, and a second baseman in a regular season game. Oof. And <laughs> and to speak, I, I still think that should be explored more. And to speak to uh, Ron Washington, he has another person that he has a disciple like. Andrew, Elvis Andrews out there and he's played second for a full season if he wants to go down that road a, con, a guy that he's used to comfortable with that played a pretty good second base that Sean's coveting maybe having him as a guy that you want to battle as a second baseman if Tim's not ready to just convert to second and base. he could come one step closer to playing for every team in the American League yeah. West <laughs> who do we have Mariners left? 
Mariners if he and signed Angels. for the Angels, he would have to play for the Mariners and the Astros. He's, been a, he's been a Ranger and an A. We could see that getting traded in midseason to the Astros next year. Um, did you say I covet him? You even said that you want to bring him back for the White Sox. I never said I want oh, to. Man, it no. was the bad plan, and it's that I thought it was destined that Elvis Andres would return. Uh, don't, put, don't put those words <laughs> in my mouth. Come on. Uh, let's do some math. All right, I love math. I love numbers. Sox math? Let's start, kind of. Let's start eliminating, oh, well, not, Jason, I guess, went to Detroit, so we don't have to eliminate Sox math. Oh, but, wrestling downstairs. Um, there is some yeah, what is earthquake vibes going on here at uh, here, here in the West Loop. This is Iceland? There is one thing that's very important to Tim Anderson. The brand. TA7. Named his child seven. Okay? Like George Costanza wanted to do. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, this is the living George, Stanza, George Costanza. Um, number seven has been retired by the Astros, Rangers, and Yankees, Craig Biggio, Ivan Rodriguez, Mickey Mantle. So he is not going to be an Astro. He is not going to be a Ranger. He is not going to be a Yankee. I don't care if they have positions open, <laughs> second base and shortstop. They are not signing him. Uh, and it is taken in Boston. Yoshida is wearing it. Cleveland has Miles Straw, who will likely probably stay on the team. Same with Royals. Uh, Bobby Witt has You don't think seven. T.A. would give Miles Straw a nice watch to get seven if he was became a Cleveland Guardian? I don't know. I mean, Miles Straw has been in Cleveland for a while. Yeah, now. but he's like, it's TA7. It's not Miles Straw okay. 7. Well, no, it's fair. I mean, MS7. Uh, we'll leave Cleveland open. I'll put an asterisk against Cleveland. Like, if there's a MS13. It works perfectly. If there's any more players. No one? Anybody? Okay, never mind. MS13. It's a gang. The people keep on using as a boogeyman. Go ahead. Cool. Um, <laughs> uh, Royals. Bobby Witt Jr. So I don't think TA would... Uh, Go to the they Royals. also don't need a shortstop. Right. Well, he and he wears number seven, too. Um, the Angels, Joe Adele. I think he could probably give Joe Adele a nice watch. Mm-hmm. He's okay. still there. Wow. He's still there. Um, I saw a trade that had Gavin Sheets for Joe Adele. I drive. Ga- hit the button. I drive. Like, what are we waiting for? I drive Gavin Sheets yes. to Angel Stadium. Be that's a very, a, very long, that's awkward That's a good drive. Uh, change of pace for both of them, and we get the better of it because Joe Adele used to be a top prospect. Gavin Sheets would be a good road trip partner, though, I think. He's, yeah. He's a good guy. Good conversationalist. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. Good tunes? Uh, I would control the music. Okay. Um, Mariners have Marco Gonzalez. Uh, I'm, I'll put an asterisk because he might not be on the team. Diamondbacks have Corbin Carroll. Cubs have Dansby Swanson. Reds have Spencer Steer. Rockies have Brendan, Brendan Rogers. He's been there for a long time, but Ever. I'll put an asterisk. Uh, Marlins have Jesus Sanchez. Phillies have Trey Turner. So, again, he can't even move to second base. Shortstop yeah. and number seven. Right. Uh, Padres have Sung Kim, and Giants have J.D. Davis. Um, so we can cross off all those teams. So who is left? Toronto, Baltimore, Detroit, Atlanta, Milwaukee, the New York Mets, St. Louis, Tampa Bay Rays, Oakland, the Dodgers, the Angels, kind of. Adele has seven, but we think that we can, you know, buy it off them. Uh, and the Nationals. Uh, the Nationals have C.J. Abrams at shortstop. NATO is at shortstop for the Angels. Um, and then second base and shortstop is full for Toronto, Baltimore, Detroit, Atlanta, Milwaukee, the Mets, and St. Louis. So... That leaves. I have whittled this down to teams that have number seven open and the shortstop <laughs> position open to the Tampa Bay Rays. Mm-hmm. Okay. They do have Vidal Brujan, who is wearing number seven. Oh. But not only do I think Tim can take his number, I think that Tim take can take his, his job. job. Wow. Um, and I think it'd be a great signing, actually, if the Rays did buy into T.A. I think that would give me a lot of hope for the future of T.A. if that organization saw him and was like, we could do something with him. Oakland. Uh, Zach Galoff is at second, but the number seven and shortstop Oof. position is open. And the Dodgers, Gavin Lux is at shortstop, or Gavin Lux is at second base. Miguel Rojas is at shortstop. I think Tim Anderson could beat Miguel Rojas out for his job. Uh, Ahmed Rosario already did, and there's no number seven. So 
That's why I think T.A. is going to be a Dodger. All right. It's feel, it's that felt like some, that was That was some the, red string conspiracy theory board work there, but I appreciate it. Yeah, there's something there. Yeah. I think I, there's something there. <laughs> I, I've always felt like the Dodgers were the uh, the best part. And for me was to he going to change his Instagram handle? Right. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, like, what, is he going to change the kid's name? 24? Well, I mean, the kid's name could reflect a, a moment in time, that's right? True. But Instagram handle... That's you don't you're not gonna go around finding that. No. Hey, some of the best of all time have changed their number. MJ, Kobe, LeBron. He can do it. And their brand didn't change. Manny Ramirez. <laughs> exactly. But like isn't LeBron back to twenty three? Yeah. Okay. And then Jordan went back to twenty three. He did. <laughs> uh oh Herb. But there, but Kobe didn't. Yeah, but Kobe. Kobe's reason was not like eight to. 24. I changed teams. Um. Anyways, let's take a break. Uh, I want to let you know about our friends over at Circa Sports. Uh, right now, uh, they have a ton of lines available. So download their app right now. Um, and the best part about Circa Sports, if you are a sports better is that circus sports is always trying to give you the most money possible uh with tight money line splits and a low hold model games will strive to be a minus one split on the circus sports menu unlike other sports books which may use a minus 115 or minus 120 split so if you are looking at the bears line they are getting 10 points going up against the lions uh, this upcoming sunday if you are looking to bet the bears plus 10 it's likely that on circus sports book it will be a minus 110 uh odd bet i don't know how to phrase that uh but if you are on a different sports book it's likely to be minus 115 or minus 120 and if you have that decision why not bet with circus sports because you will be getting or winning the most money if your bet hits and circus customer support is top notch there are real people behind the circus sports brand who resolve issues in a timely fashion unlike other books who reserve who use chatbots and all aspects of the app are being run by the same team that runs the main circus sports book at circa resort and casino in las vegas they throw uh, great parties too i know that everyone had fun this past thursday with brian erlocker over at joe's on weed street uh so download the circus sports illinois app today at circusports.com slash illinois dash app that's circusports.com slash illinois dash app to sign up today and uh be on the lookout for more circa events where maybe brian or locker will show up maybe not uh if you or someone you know may have a problem with gambling call 1-800-GAMBLER 1-800-426-2537 text gmb833234 or visit areyoureallywinning.com also want to let you know about our friends over at midtown athletic club uh beautiful locations in palatine in the northwest suburbs bannockburn in the north shore willowbrook in the southwest suburbs and of course the midtown athletic club and hotel in the middle of bucktown and lincoln park right there on elston and like damon Damon and but Fullerton. Fullerton, but like there's seven streets over there. Yeah. It's very well. They had to wrap Elston around because it was going. They it used to go straight through. Yeah, and it that intersection was a oh. mess, so they wrapped it around now. So it's much a little better, easier flowing. Very nice. Yeah. Uh, so it's very easy to get to now. The Midtown Athletic Club and Hotel in the middle of Bucktown and Lincoln Park. Uh, Midtown Palatine has launched a multi-million dollar transformation of the club as well, which will be complete in early 2024 listeners can lock in favorable rates if they join the club before the end of the year and there's something at clubs for everyone uh, whether you're a single person family with kids uh, people looking to make lifestyle changes or some holistic wellness i know that they do have childcare included as well with family memberships they have super luxe locker rooms with wet and dry saunas and premium amenities amazing outdoor and indoor pools and hot tubs uh, even carm won't shut up about their tennis courts and programming in the sport uh, it's the best in chicago midtown also has indoor outdoor tennis pickleball and paddle tennis uh, it's usta and professional quality all the way so head over to midtown.com chgo to find out more and tour the midtown athletic club nearest you 
Um, all right, let's get into the first mailbag question. Uh, and let's go to uh, Anthony's question first, uh, Shulo. Uh, if we go there, he asks, what do you see as the future for Oscar Colas? I know Chris Getz talked about this, but Anthony went into uh, many different uh, ways. Stay in AAA until he figures it out. Package him in a trade. Is it too soon to give up on him, knowing what kind of team Getz wants to construct? Uh, I pick your jumping off. The point. fact that they did what they did last year tells me that they didn't like how the player was developing at the major league level. It's like night and day. They were couldn't stop talking about him last offseason and how he was going to take the job or having the chance to take the job in spring training for 2023. And then when he got here after a month, it's like, that's enough. He hasn't learned anything. He's not listening to any of the instruction we're giving him. And he needs to go down there and get better. Eventually, he did and got the call up again. And then, like, with a month later, later, they're like, yeah, this is not it. And to send him down again, which the White Sox don't do that often when they bring up a prospect, tells me that they fell very um, – they're over the Oscar Colas experiment. Now, that was different management, but Chris Sketz might be thinking, hey – He's going to probably, in his uh, uh, speech to you guys, I believe he said that he's pretty much going to be in the minor leagues to start the season off. And so I think that whatever you need to do to get Oscar Colas off of this organization, do it. If it's a package him in a trade with somebody else, do it. Because it seems like you're not going to give him the proper chance to be- to battle again for the right field position, which I wouldn't because of how badly he was this year. But maybe he needs a change of scenery. Maybe that's one of those guys who – a change of scenery will do him well. And I think no White Sox fan or at least any reasonable White Sox fan would say you guys messed up with Oscar Colas because it seemed like they gave him as many chances as they could last year before they just had to throw their hands up and say, this guy's not doing what we need him to do. And so, yeah, if he's on some other, other organization and becomes the Oscar Colas that everybody envisioned, I would be like, all right, that was just because he needed a new change of scenery. And those people work with him better than what the White Sox did. I can't imagine you're going to get anything of value in a trade for him at this point after he came up and basically showed you that he couldn't play Major League Baseball. Um, You know, really a lick. So uh, I think what Chris Getz was saying last week was that certainly they're not going to give up on the guy, but he knows from watching him right now that he is not ready for prime time. And so, yes, the idea is that he would uh, start the season in in the minor leagues. That doesn't preclude him from coming up at some point next season it doesn't preclude him from having a very successful year in the minor leagues and showing finally that he is ready come 2025 or something like that uh it it doesn't eliminate him from the White Sox plans in either the short or long term I don't think but that being said this guy was not ready to be the right fielder last year now Remember, we were talking about how well he was doing in spring training. So I, I'm not sure he, I'm not sure the, you know, the White Sox were like, we don't care if he's no good, just put him up. I mean, he had had good numbers in the minor leagues in 2022, mm-hmm. and he did very well in spring training. I think he earned that spot or that opportunity. He just very clearly, once he got here, was not ready for the major league game twice. So they need him to be a dramatically different and a dramatically improved player for them to give him another opportunity to do that. That being so, so under the, that idea, he is not going to be, they're going to need to make the plan for right field without him for 2024. But if they're just going with a veteran stopgap, you know, at some of these open positions so they can better pr- position themselves for 2025, 
Maybe he does work his way back into that conversation. I think right now you're going to see a player who is going to be a minor leaguer next year with the White Sox, and he is going to have to prove to them very strongly that he has mastered the things that they need him to master. That is plate discipline. That is um, the defense. That is the way you're taking the mental approach to the game. Pedro Grafol kept uh, harping on the fact that he just wasn't playing focused. He wasn't focusing out there. And you got to do that. You got to do that before you can do all that. The other stuff you, they, they say, you got to walk before you can run. We got to pay attention before you can walk. And so I, I think that they need him to, uh, to embrace or to fix rather the mental and the emotional sides of his game before they can say he's ready to come back to the big league level. Um, I asked recently what is more likely, Dylan Cease being traded or Colson Montgomery being on the opening day roster. What is more likely, Oscar Colas being on the opening day roster or Colson Montgomery being on the opening day roster? Uh, Colson Montgomery. I, I would say that pretty emphatically, and I don't even think that means that there's some gigantic slam dunk assurance that Montgomery will be there. I just think that Colson Montgomery is going to be given the opportunity to show what he can do come spring training. And... I don't think that they're going to necessarily, like I just said, they're probably going to, or they're almost certainly going to make their right field plan without Oscar Colas being a part of it for 2024. I don't, I, I think they're going to make their shortstop plan without Colson Montgomery being, expecting him to be the guy for a full season. Mm-hmm. So I think they're going to go get somebody who can man that position for a full season should he need to. But I can also see Colson Montgomery coming up pretty quick and I could see them making a plan where hey if Colson Montgomery bangs down that door be it in spring training or be it in July it's no big deal that he comes up and usurps the position of the guy that they went out and got and so I think I I think that he will even if that opportunity is a small one and has a small chance of success come spring still think he gets that opportunity as opposed to Colas who They've seen what he can do, and they know that he's got a lot of work to do. I don't think they say, oh, wow, Oscar Colas, you proved us all wrong with a great with a great Cactus League play. You've done it again. You've won the everyday job in right field. I don't think there's a real possibility of that happening, at least listening to the way Chris Getz was talking about him uh, last week. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think that even if there were good shortstop op- options for the White Sox with top-of-the-market shortstops available, I don't think the White Sox would be in there because they believe in Colson Montgomery in the future so much. And so it'll be a stopgap. It'll be whoever this guy is coming in, they will know that they're there for just until Colson Montgomery's ready to go. So Colas, I don't see him being on the team at all next year because they soured on him so much. Yeah, Lee, they soured on him big time. And he showed them what type of player that he was when he got to the majors. And so they're probably like very hesitant to bring him back and see if he's learned his lesson. But Colson Montgomery is the future. I mean, yeah, Colson's the future. I think Colos is closer. And I don't know. I mean, we heard so much about his offseason work. You talked about the spring training. Like, there isn't a world where he impresses the White Sox enough and maybe shows enough maturity and growth where, hey, you know, we signed not even Adam Duvall. I mean, we signed Travis Jankowski to be our right fielder. You know, it's it's Jankowski versus Colas. Could he not beat out Gavin Sheets? Like, I don't know. I, I, I feel like it's possible that, that Colas is 
is in the mix, but a strong message needs to be sent on where his current status is with the team. Because, again, he hit the hell out of the ball at times. He had a swinging strike rate of like 16% in 2022 in AAA. It was 16% in Major League Baseball. Um, when he went back to AAA, I think it was down to like 11%. So I think he's showing that he could be a Major League hitter. I think it's more about the Major League day-to-day thought process and work. I'd say it's more about the major league minute to minute thought process, right? I think it's about being out there in right field and being ready to go and make a make a play, not trying to throw a guy out at third base when you got no chance to do so, not trying to turn a regular base hit into a double just because you're trying really hard. I mean, you know, you that that becomes irresponsible and those are the things that we saw on a daily basis from Oscar Colas. Um and so you're right, but I I, I think I I would agree more with what Sean's saying than what you're saying, her, because I think you're saying I've seen enough of that guy. I never need to see him again, and that might be true. Mm-hmm. But I don't think. The, but I think the White Sox went out and invested in this guy. They saw the kind of talent. They are not going to just say, "Oh, guess that one didn't work out." You, you know, you had two months and you and you blew it, kind of thing. I think they need to see a lot of growth from him. Mm-hmm. But I don't think they're ready to say this is over. We're never going to see him again. I could see both those guys on the team come the summer if if they show that they're ready for that. Um, but to, to what you were saying, Sean, a year ago this time, we were talking about him already having the job, that they were planning for him to be the guy. Like Rick Hunt's talking at the GM meeting saying, don't forget about this guy. He could be it, which is to say – this is, this is the guy that we want to be in right field, and that's how it ended up playing out. I think Chris Getz goes out and makes a plan for 2024 at both shortstop and right field that, hey, it's okay if neither of those two guys come up in 2024 because we're going to have somebody who can man those positions. But in the event that they do, and in the perhaps in his mind ideal situation in which they do, it's okay if the two guys that we bring in, we say you're bench players now. The only reason I say that is because, as Wendell brings up, the GM currently, Chris Getz, saw Oscar Colas for years, like one year in 2022 where he was hitting the ball off the cover, and then last year in 2023 where he had to go up and down. And so maybe he's thinking he doesn't have anything vested into the player because he didn't draft or he didn't sign him as an international free agent. So he's like, I saw him. I'm, I'm good on the attitude. I'm good on what he does for me and what he can be in the major leagues for me doesn't really affect my bottom line because I'll be going out to go and get a right fielder who is more permanent. I, at least that's what I hope you'd be thinking about instead of trying to leave the position open for maybe Colas to compete. But he has no skin in the game for him. That's He didn't pick this guy. That's not his guy. And so what with the experience he's had with the Oscar Colas, he has nothing invested in him. And so you see him doing new moves and getting people out of here that he doesn't think are – the White Sox vision that he believes in and going forward. And so that's why I could say him saying we're good on Oscar Colas and we don't need to see him up here and not being part of a deal where he's the headliner. Just like here's a throw in Oscar Colas is part of your deal. No, that's That's That seems so short-sighted because I mean, again, the vision that you're talking about, Chris Getz's vision, it seems like it is directly in place to help guys like Oscar Colas who just aren't getting it, who aren't understanding what he's going to be 26. Right. But I mean, he's also not, He's, this was his. He's played less than fifty games in the Major League Baseball. Also, well, they've sure. already spent money on the guy too. They did, but I mean, not Chris Getz. But Jerry did. He, How he much did. did he spend though? I mean, I, again, it I was think, a decent amount. But the biggest thing is like, but again, like 
the whole idea of Chris Getz's vision is to get an organization in place to set the barometer of what work needs to look like for a major league player. If he puts in that work, he's a better player already than Gavin Sheets. Like that's all I'm saying is like, I, I don't think that this kid is, is done for because he is now 26 years old. It's, it's traumatic. It's just, you know, really uh life changing to become 26. You know, people I'm saying, stop like, looking at you the same way. 26. And then you're going to get your second opportunity as a real major league baseball player. How long do we have to wait? This is not Ryan Howard. Like, is he going to, if he turns into Ryan Howard smooth, but like the clock is already ticking on this man. He's not a 21, 22 year old guy where you can wait and say, okay, another year in the minors would be good. A 27 year old, pretty much rookie coming up. No, I think that, this ship has sailed to put all the eggs in the basket already like they did this past year. I think that would be foolhardy for him to do. And I could see him just keeping him on just because you don't get any, you know, player back that you necessarily want or, and or need. But I'm sure that he's like, Ugh, what he did last year just soured me on him. It soured me on him. Herb Lawrence soured me on what Oscar Colas can do because you got your opportunity. You had a a clear vision and a clear field to be a Major League Baseball player twice, and you failed both times. It's like that to me tells me that he's not ready for prime time, and I'm sure Chris gets all much more than that. And some of the stuff that focus that Vinny was talking about that Pedro Grafal said, I'm sure that Pedro's not a big fan of his either. I mean, certainly not last year, but here's the thing. Chris Getz told us at the winter meet or at the GM meetings, we, you can't give up on a guy that has this kind of talent. And so I don't think they're going to. And, you know, you're talking about souring on him. That's, that's you souring on him. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you can say Chris Getz is. He's said basically the opposite, you know, saying that they don't want to give up on the guy. They want to make sure that he gets the, the development that he needs to get. You know, they got to try hard. He's got to try hard. And I think at the end of the day, there's a realistic possibility that he makes it back here next year with with the White Sox. Absolutely. Um, I don't think, you know, I don't think they're just saying, oh, well, he, he didn't do it in, in those two months. So that's it. On to the next guy. Uh, and, and when you talk about finding a more permanent solution in right field, mm-hmm. what sort of opportunities are there to do that? I mean, you know, the, I, I don't think they might find a guy for one year, but I, I don't think they're that you know they're 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 certainly not going to say well we have Oscar Colas so we can't go sign the guy that we want to a four-year contract but I mean what's to stop them from just signing some guy to a one-year deal and saying maybe Colas will be there again in a year later Oscar Hernandez Larry Scorio come on we've got some people how big do you think their budget is those guys are at least going to be like 20 10 million plus oh please Jesus give me to Oscar Hernandez in right field we just talked about their budget being declined. Do you think they're going to put Tay Oscar Hernandez in right That's field? I not told that you, it's, much money. It's, it's Whit Merrifield and Travis Jankowski, That's my friend. That's not that much money. He's not at the top of the market. He's not even close to the top of the market. You know what is a lot of money? $350 off. Uh, that's the discount you get when you use promo code CHGO and our friends uh, over at Empire Today. Head over to EmpireToday.com slash CHGO for $350 off. You can also schedule a free home uh, in a free in-home estimate today. Um, there are some restrictions apply, but again, see EmpireToday.com slash CHGO for details. With Empire Today, you get sh- shop at home convenience, the right products for your needs, quick and professional installation, and a low price guarantee. Empire Today is the best place to get new flooring. So of course they have copycats, but those copycats can't beat Empire on the quality. 
service and speed they provide. It's why you know the phone number, 588-2300. Empire. Today. Um, they keep shopping for floors simple with a curated product selection, and their philosophy is to help you find find you what you need, not overwhelm you with thousands of choices and substitutes. And you could see those choices with their virtual floor designer. It's a great way to see how new floors will look in any space. It's easy. Just snap a picture and instantly see how new floors will look in your room. And Empire services all their own warranties. If an issue does arise, you can just call Empire. They service all warranties themselves. You won't have to track down a manufacturer's phone number. So again, schedule a free in-home estimate today, and you can receive a $350 off discount when you use promo code CHGO over at EmpireToday.com slash CHGO. Vinny? My turn? Guys, if you're watching us here on this program, you know that we got a CHGO White Sox show for you five days a week. And you probably also know CHGO Bears, CHGO Blackhawks, CHGO Cubs, CHGO Bulls, five days a week. But there's more. There's even more. Whoa. You can become a CHGO diehard, and you get access to all sorts of special stuff. You're going to get this box that Herb is going to model for you. It comes with a T-shirt. It comes with a uh, card. It comes with some stickers. It's very exciting. And then on top of that, you'll get access to the premium written content that you get for all those teams from all our wonderful beat writers. Uh, and then on top of that, 20% off events. And you might think, hey, Vinny, the Bears, they're tailgates. It's too cold now. They're, even though it's like 60 degrees today. It's too cold now. There's no more tailgates. What are you talking about? But... Did you know that there's going to be a Bulls takeover at the UC this very Friday? And then just two days later on Sunday, they're going to be a CHGO Bears watch party down on the south side in Oaklawn. So you're going to get 20% off to those events if you become a CHGO diehard. And of course, there's going to be takeovers, watch parties for the Bulls and the Blackhawks all winter long. Fun stuff with us once baseball season does roll back around in the spring. And then you get a discount on all that merchandise, the t-shirts that I was alluding to earlier. And how about the hats that these two guys are modeling for you right now? Four styles. They're new. You can get discounts on that, too, if you're a CHGO diehard. So go on over to allchgo.com and figure out exactly how you can become a diehard today. Today. Yes. Um I've just found a new stat on Baseball Savant, which I know ah, me, nerd. might be surprising. <laughs> um, it's, it's a real nerdy. It's not even like there's not even a fun acronym. Uh, pitcher base advances prevented. So, PBAP. Yeah, there you go. Uh, so a sum of advances prevented and outs added assigned to the pitcher. So which pitcher led Major League Baseball in pitcher base advances prevented? Again, a sum of Advances prevented and outs added assigned to the pitcher. Um, Dylan Cease. Dylan Cease. Led all of baseball at 10. So he doesn't have the same problem that all the other White Sox pitchers have. New. Where so, they're constantly stealing bases on them all the time. I don't... The stolen base attempts per opportunity, uh, 1.2%, which seems very, very much low. higher than uh, everyone. I mean, Kikuchi is the only other guy... That's over one, uh, and he's at 14th, and his pitcher base advance prevented is at four. Cease is at 10. Uh, Granke at nine. Canning at eight. Peterson at seven. Bradish and Hauser at six. Those are the only guys above five. Um, I don't know what this means because I just learned about it. So but you're saying Dylan Cease good? Interesting, I guess. Even in a down year for him. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, this is just strictly base running. So, I mean, that's just interesting to see just because how bad Yasmani Grandal and Corey Lee were uh, preventing stolen bases. Corey Lee a little bit better. Uh, Sebi Zavala a little bit better. But, I mean, it, it's, it's just in interesting because, 
I mean, he walks a ton of guys, but those guys don't get second. So that's cool. Before we uh, finally move on from Oscar Colas, I do want to answer Wendell's question down here. He's asking, is he playing winter ball? Oh, yeah. Yes, he is. No, he's not. I thought he, he, no, I thought he wasn't. No, I thought he was. I he think, told us at the end of last year that he was. And I don't think he is. What, did he change his mind? Yeah, I think so. No, um, he's in trouble then. I, I'm pretty sure I saw... Pedro was very adamant that he go play but I winter ball. Yeah, I haven't seen And him. then he I, said that he was going to. I, I think him. something came out from one of the... Uh, um, yeah, I think... Well, let me... I, I'm trying to tap They said there. he was going to. There's yes. your answer. <laughs> they said they were going to, but I don't think they are. Yeah, and I think it, I remember that conversation, like, and then, like, immediately, like, he got an answer. Like, yes, we we got him going. I remember we even had, like, a team or what league he was going to be in. So I'll be very uh, surprised if he doesn't make it to winter ball. That would stamp his ouster from the White Sox if he doesn't go to the winter ball, as they want him to do. Francis Romero. At Francis oh, Romero, F R. That oh, is F R A N C Y S Romero, F R. Baseball and sports reporter. Um, Oscar Colas, Cuban outfielder. Oscar Colas will no longer play in this winter league oh. season with the Toros del Este in the Dominican Republic. Uh, the White Sox will seek to focus on training and preparation during the offseason to opt for a spot on the 2024 opening day roster. Mm. There you go. So uh, that was on November 8th. Okay. Does he hurt? I don't think so. Um, huh. yep. Interesting. It just uh, Oscar Colas, this is from a, a different uh, Lidom uh, thing, says that Colas decided it was better to prepare personally than to play in Lidom. All right. Well, we've got some questions then come uh, the winter meetings because uh, the, the – uh, benefits of him participating in that were talked up quite heavily mm-hmm. at the end of last year. So if it was the White Sox decision, as that as that tweet maybe kind of presented it a little bit, I wonder if they've just got kind of a different idea. Bony too, because I think that's the team that uh, Aloy played for Pedro on. I think that was uh, the team Pedro was the manager oh, of in like okay. 2014 or whatever. This is not the Larry Hanser team. No, 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 okay. no. It might be. Well, now let me check. Uh, no, I don't, I don't. I don't think so. Uh, no, this is the your mean team. Oh, this is okay. the your mean. Maybe team. they don't want him to be around him. <laughs> yeah. He's a. He's a. And he's listed. Your mean Mercedes listed as a receptatore. Oh, uh, catcher. A, oh, catcher. Oh, catcher. Yeah. Speaking yeah. Gotcha. Spanish. Um, I thought not, that was maybe a special like special status with the Toros. <laughs> oh, there's wait. Is Domingo Herman actually pitching this? No way. They have a ton of pitchers. I, I can't find the actual roster. I don't know if this is updated gotcha. or not. The your mean team. Um, possibly. Possibly the your mean team. Uh, let's get into AJ's question. Um, AJ from our Discord, and as Vinny mentioned, the CHGO Lounge, uh, every Monday we take f- questions from our diehards. And, I uh, didn't mention that, but glad we did. Oh, well, Continuation of the ad read. <laughs> yep. uh, shout out to our guy, AJ. Do you think it's actually possible to truly and passionately root for both the Sox and Cubs? What are your opinions on people who claim to do so? I find this to be a complicated sociological issue in the city of Chicago. <laughs> Thoughts? It's a good I, question. It's fun. I th- AJ always comes up with the good ones. When Very I was, creative. When yeah. I was a child, yeah, I didn't think you can possibly be both because you have to pick a side and you have to be on the other side and say the other team sucks. But as I got older, I'm like, no, I don't mind watching the Cubs when the White Sox are not playing. Even their brand of baseball is suitable to me. I enjoy watching the Cubs sometimes, and I think somebody who isn't a die-in-the-wool White Sox fan more likely would be both Cubs and Sox fans. And so, yeah, I think it's very, very um, 
actually in practice by most people. My guy, Lawrence Atkins, he told me a long time ago, like 15 years ago, that he's a Cubs Sox fan. And I was like, no, that's not even a thing. And now as a 45-year-old man, I'm like, yeah, do it. It's perfect. It's a perfect thing to do. Cheer for the city. And whichever one wins, you'll go for. Because this team doesn't – I mean, it's not like the city is winning championships every year and you got to pick one or the other. This team is in the city is, like, starved for championships. And so, yeah, if you want to be just a Chicago baseball fan and you enjoy both teams, I think there's nothing wrong with that. And I I think there's a lot of people out there like that. As someone who is a Cubs fan that does the sock show often, um, I, I like supporting, like the way you said it, supporting the city. Mm-hmm. I think it's fun to go to the games regardless. Um, I am a Cubs fan, though, but I go to Sox games. I've been to a bunch of them. It's a fun stadium. Food is better there than at Wrigley. Uh, but yeah, I just think it's fun. Support the city. If the Cubs are doing great, that's awesome. If the Sox are doing great, that's awesome. If they play each other in a game though, I mean, I'm always going to root for the Cubs, but I mean, it's just, I just think it's fun. And how awesome would it be if you did have two star baseball teams in one city? That'd be pretty cool. I don't know what that feels like. (laughs) I don't know either. (laughs) The the answer is do whatever you want. That's true, but I, uh, I, the, the way I will answer that question, because you said, is it possible to root for both? That's a great question. If you've got the time, go ahead. The thing that I would say is that sounds very just difficult to uh, to passionately dedicate not only your emotion, but just your waking hours to uh, following not one, but two teams that have a 162 game schedule. It just seems like it would take a lot of uh, a lot of effort to make that happen. If you can do it. More power to you. Uh, the pluses, I would think, is that you get to go to both sides of town. Mm-hmm. You get to explore multiple neighborhoods. And you get to, uh, uh, you know, just kind of have the experience, the unique experiences that come with both. You get to have both. It's very unique. Obviously, it only exists in one other place uh, in the country that you could have two teams in your city because, you know, as we established earlier, Orange County, Los Angeles County, two different counties. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you can have actually see every team come into town because sometimes, I mean, everybody plays everybody, but sometimes the Cubs will not be hosting the Anaheim Angels. The White Sox will be. Go and see your man, Tim Anderson, next year. You could if he's there. I mean, I th- I laid out the pretty strong case for him to go to the Dodgers. Again, it's shortstop's open. <laughs> and so number, number seven. seven. Right. So, yeah. um, William's saying, I started a Cubs fan. Uh, I started watching Cubs when Fergie and Ernie were on the team. Then the Sox had Melton and Dick Allen. And I switched forever. Uh, Lee is saying, I hate the Cubs because I'm a Sox fan. And I hate the Sox because I'm a Sox fan. Uh, very good to, <laughs> to add on there. Uh, and AJ saying, uh, too many Cubs fans were mean to me growing up, which I also experienced. Uh, I don't think that Cubs fans are meaner uh, now that I have grown uh and uh you know uh, everyone could be me le- less childish uh <laughs> motivations um but to the question i think you're right i think it's too much of a time dedication right. you can't actually <laughs> truly root for both teams at the same time just because of the 162 games i think every chicagoan should do the double header when it's when it's possible i have not done it because usually we're covering games correct um but if there are two games in the same day and you could take a red line game yeah Yeah. especially pitch clock now makes it way more possible too it's true i i would absolutely support that but what i don't support and william i think he's fine because he said started as a cubs fan then went to the Sox, stayed forever as i have laid out on this podcast before i was a cubs fan in 2004 um, obviously the heartbreak of 2003 was, was tough, but then 2004, Sammy, 
uh, corking his bat was too much for uh, me as a seven-year-old to handle. You had principles. Morally, yeah. <laughs> as a um, young, young boy, you had principles. So after the 2004 season, I became a Sox fan. And of course, obviously that kind of cements it uh, there. So I, I think if you are a, you either have to be a fan of both. You have to have a team. You can't be a flip-flopper, right? I, I, I am fine with fair weather fans. Like the people that it, it you're just searching for a good vibe. Do you're just you searching for a good time, right? <laughs> but, I, uh, you know. Uh, if the more pa- people care about baseball, the better. That's what I say. I don't think, I, I think if you are staking a claim and saying, oh, the Cubs are my team, and then two years later you're at a White Sox game being like, oh, the Sox are my team. If you're doing that like every two years, then we have a problem. If you, if you are, if it's you. It's like a congressional term. Yeah. <laughs> every two uh, years, you, sw- you switch it up. You know what we, <laughs> we can bring in to settle this? John Cusack. That's true. He's a Cub and White Sox fan. And has been he does it. He does it well. Yes, <laughs> he, he's he's on both sides, planting flags on both sides. So yeah, I think you can be that. But yeah, you can't be like dyed in the wool every day watching each of those teams. That's what I I have a different definition for fan. It's does that team and their results affect your mood? If it doesn't, you're not really a fan to me. Oh, but wow. it, it's your fan. It's your fan. You're just an observer. For me, the White Sox affect my mood. The Bears affect my mood. The Bulls don't. So I'm not a fan of the Bulls. That's how I feel. The Cubs don't really affect my mood if they're winning or losing. Well, and AJ said, I mean, passionately. I mean, you don't seem passionately a Bulls fan. So no, I mean, if they lose, they lose. I mean, but if I, Io does well, I'm in. I'm with Jim. You know, I mean, you can't you can't root for both, but also um, they don't directly compete against one another I so did, if the Sox are out of the playoffs it's not like if I had to pick a team and the Cubs are in the playoffs and the Sox weren't I'm not, what, what am I losing if the Cubs win the World Series yeah. the White Sox weren't gonna weren't one of the 12 teams to make the playoffs they had no chance I don't care if it's the Cubs if it's the Rangers if it's the Padres if it's the A's if it's not the White Sox I'm pretty pissed have your civic pride folks yeah, yeah. And, and true I mean that's it's it's best for the company I'm a, I'm a company man uh, at the end of the day uh, that's Vinny Duber he's our CHGO White Sox beat writer read his latest piece at allchgo.com oh wow Herb's got some. I gotta do FOCO Oh, the set decorations like that man, Tim Anderson on the end. Here he is on the red line where you could do how that's how you do the double header. Boom. Focus. Ride the red line like the T.A. bobblehead. They donated these set pieces like that one and the Southpaw one behind us. Go show them some love. So get fitted out on the best sports gear around hoodies, shoes, signs, bobbleheads and everything in between. It is not baseball season anymore, but they still do have Aloha shirts, straw hats, polos, bags and everything you need for a game. Check out Foco.com or click the link in the description below for all non-presale items. Use the promo code CHGO for 10% off. That's Herb Lawrence. You can follow him at Eckermall23, and you can go to foco.com. Uh, Herb didn't mention the Andrew Benatendi Arkansas bobblehead that you can go buy. Woo, uh, pig suey! Going back to the icebreaker, and uh, I'm Sean Anderson. You can follow me at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. Thank you to Sarah for producing the show, and thank you to Vinny for the woo, pig suey. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Goodbye. Silly like the mayor. 